The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny, Sestina, and company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Good evening and welcome to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host for the evening, Craig Konstantinovich, and with me we have Tony Payne and John Sestina. Evening, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Good evening. Good evening. Oh, the way you did that intro, Craig, it sounded like you were sitting by a warm, crackling fire in a nice red velvet chair. Yep, we're here, curled up, ready for some good financial planning today. Well, I mean, that that's the hope. You know, I'm not quite there. Yeah, I can't get too comfortable because, as John said, I, I can't sleep. I can't be asleep at the wheel here driving the show tonight, so... No crackling fire here, but, it, you know, some nice clothing. Fine, fine, You know, that fine. kind of stuff to keep me I warm through it all. I was trying to set a nice picture here. <laughs> Not quite, but. I'll tell you, Tony, these guys moan and groan just because he's having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Yeah, you know, we're, we're working towards it. We're working towards so it. So what it's are you coming worried about today, enough. Craig? Well, you know, today, I mean, it, it's just the ever-evolving world of taxes. I know we started touching on it a little bit last week with, some of the tax ideas, tax planning, what it is, what it's revolved around, those kind of things. But we wanted to build on that because little do a lot of people know that some of the tax law changes that we've become accustomed to here these last couple years are set to sunset or go away as soon as we flip the calendar to 2026, unless there's some kind of tax law changes or uh, something that's not on the immediate horizon right now. So want to tie that into it and then also talk about, hey, you know, we're, we're looking at 2022. Uh, one of the tax planning items that we talked about last week was maybe now's a great time to start a business. So what tax considerations go into a business? What should you be doing to make sure you're getting tax credits, tax deductions? What documents do you need to support that? We're, we're going to go through those things and Tony, I think you had a few uh, few off-the-wall things that we were going to touch on today, too. Well, I was going to bring up for John and our listeners, too, a topic that, you know, we, you kind of hit on it, though, rising interest rates. Mm-hmm. So there were comments from the president here the other day that we think were worth going through. Uh, John, I know you were asking me why we added the president's comments here. Um, I thought they were meaningful. I thought they were worthy of discussion. You added them? I did. I did. <laughs> and I keep saying the president's comments here. Obviously, I mean the president of China oh, uh, oh. because he's commenting on U.S. interest rates and what the Fed should do. Well, he had audio. He sure did. So I could listen to that. Oh, you could. You sure could. He's out there. He's commenting. He's giving Jerome Powell advice on what the yeah. Fed should do. Uh, he's trying to direct the Fed to don't lift interest rates. Right, he wants to help America. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm being very sarcastic there. <clears throat> I believe the goal would be they want to keep us buying things, and a weaker dollar does that. And typically, higher interest rates may lead to a stronger dollar, really a stronger balance sheet, perhaps. So it's kind of interesting that the president of China is commenting on our interest rates. Well, he's having a little bit of a problem because his economy is not roaring. And although they're the top, uh, what, a wholesaler to Yeah, US, one of the top exporters. Yeah, exporters, thank you. Mm-hmm. They're the top ones. They're not doing too well. I think they're only at uh, 
Four percent ADP or what? AD, GDP, uh, yeah, four percent yeah. when they used to be at twenty almost. Right, they were going to overrun the world. Remember? Right, right. Well, even the last couple of years, they were forecasted at least at fifteen to twenty percent, even within the midst of the pandemic. So, you talk about weighing in on some of these things. I mean, my goodness, now Tony, like you're talking about interest rates and and putting that in the crosshairs. What's really the incentive behind it for them? So, uh, definitely very interesting to kind of see where things are. But uh, what else has been happening or what else was being commented on well I, in that same vein though and i think we're all going to enjoy this the fed's balance sheet is nine trillion dollars so when they do this it's going to shrink that balance sheet um not by trillions but it is going to go the opposite way which we like that i think that's a good thing john well interest rates need to go up i mean that's a fact of life right now it's, it's one of the ways we can uh, harness this inflation and uh, from the past, the things that always help with the inflation, Reagan did it and even Trump did it. You do away with regulations mm -hmm. and you reduce the taxes. Yep. And every single time that that's happened in our history, we've come out better for it. Yep. Very interesting program the other day I watched on the supply chain and what was going on behind the scenes. And, John, everything you just said applies I mean, when you think about all the hogs that were slaughtered and just had to be buried, basically, or chickens, I mean, part of this was the regulations that said, hey, they have to go through the supply chain. They have to go through the normal processes and checks. And when you have an interruption or a tick to that, I mean, you're sitting on a field of asparagus that's ready to be picked. No one's there to pick it because they can't cross the border. Everything's shut down. You can't sell it to the markets. Restaurants aren't open buying it. There's a big interruption here, and because of those regulations, you're slower to adapt. Well, or the workers, are, uh, their abilities are reduced because of the re regulations. Right. So they can't do this, so they have to stop and uh, wait for somebody to come along, give them the okay, or change the rules. Yeah, yeah, what we saw with the meatpacking industry, too, and part of this inflation that we're seeing, it's not just uh, something temporary. There seems to be real things happening here. There are real things happening, and we need to get it in shape, and someone has to wake up and say, raise the, uh, lower the taxes and get rid of some of the regulations. Yep. That's you, Craig. <laughs> all right, so we're not going to listen to the president here, John? All right, all right, President Xi, sorry about that. I was going to say, it's not me running for office or anything like that at this point, so I don't know that I'll be changing the interest rates, or the tax rates, rather, but definitely we want to make sure that we're maximizing what tax efficiencies may be out there while we still can. Um, so to tie that back in, you know, again, we, we talked about it last week, what to do as far as tax planning, how to get prepared for it, those kind of things. But again, I think all of us know, especially within the last couple of years, we've all been a little pre um, preoccupied with some other things going on. So just a very high level review here real quick. Uh, so we touched on it, but Donald Trump's Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Tony, I know when I kind of talk about it, I've got my big three that I think adjusted on the personal side. But when you think about it, what were the big tax law changes that happened on personal tax returns as a result of this? Let's start with a fact, perhaps. Mm -hmm. The tax foundation would say out of the worst kinds of taxes there are, worst meaning which ones slow down the economy, which ones slow down growth, the corporate tax was the number one worst tax. It wasn't the payroll tax. It wasn't income tax. It wasn't property tax. It was the corporate income tax. That's the one that was the biggest drain on growth. So when I think of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, I think of the corporate tax cut. I mean, the idea that we became more competitive on an international level for companies to be here. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's my, you know, 10,000 foot view, Craig. Okay. Well, and that was not the direction I was going there, but I oh, like okay. where you're coming where from. Where were you going? <laughs> well, I was just talking about more so on the, again, for, you know, the average American household, the things that they were looking at that changed. I mean, again, it, it's probably very simplified at this point, but basically we reduced the marginal tax rates. So we went from 10, 15, 25, 28%, so on and so forth, down to 10, 12, 22, 24. So again, it only sounds like a couple percentage points, but when you add into the fact, the second big change, the fact that you're having more of your income taxed at those lower rates, now you start to see why that's so impactful. So you add that into the mix on top of increasing the standard deduction, nearly doubling it in almost all instances, that all of a sudden gets you to a point where you're seeing, okay, we simplified taxes. Uh, John, to your point, we, we started to reduce some of the regulations, some of the taxes, which means more dollars in people's pockets, which means hopefully they're going to go out and spend more, right? Well, and the biggest tax we dropped was the inflation. Yep. And what was it before all this nonsense? It was around 1%, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Under 2 And so now we're up at 7 8 9 We're going to hit 10 pretty soon. Yep. And so that means every time you work, you lose 10 cents of every dollar. So that's pretty, that that really hits you really hard. That hits you really hard, absolutely. Yep. And that's where, again, you need to have those lower taxes to keep some of that money in your pocket, keep things working in the right direction here, and ultimately keeping the economy afloat and keeping things going. Uh, we're going to come back to this here as soon as we come back from the break here, but you've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. <laughs> You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host for the night, Craig Konstantinovich, and with me I have Tony Payne and John Sestina. So we've been talking a little bit about some of the tax law changes that can be forthcoming here. Um, So the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act set to sunset in calendar year 2026. Talked a little bit about the status of things in the world, um, some other countries' input on what we should be doing with our interest rates and how we should be touting things. Don't care. (laughs) Sorry. All right, there we go. Easy, Tony. Sorry, President Chi. Um, (laughs) I'm sure he's going to be listening and adding that to his records there. He, he took a few bad strikes off of Tony's name. <laughs> yes, right. he did. So <laughs> instead of three strikes and you're out, you're down to one strike now. <laughs> All right. So you're back in good graces. But uh, So we wanted to pick up on that, though, because, again, right now one of the best tax opportunities, some people call it a loophole, which I, I don't agree with. It's the tax code. It's how it's written. Let's use it to its ultimate efficiencies here. But one of the best tax opportunities that you have is starting a business, and especially with some of the tax law changes that came about due to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, there's some extra incentives in there to help businesses get started, to grow, and to continue to maintain not just status quo, but add other jobs, other other ways to retain employees, those kind of things. So, Tony, as you're looking at this, what are the things that you're seeing or what jumps out to you when you're thinking about this? Where, uh, where I was going there with the last comment to the idea that the corporate tax is such a big deal what Mm -hmm. that rate is it drives everything so the corporate tax was one of the biggest changes in the tax cut and jobs act there were definitely those individual changes we mentioned earlier too Mm -hmm. the big difference the individual changes they're temporary like you said they expire they sunset they go away probably 
But the corporate changes, those were permanent, mm-hmm. at least permanent until Congress changes them, maybe. <laughs> they um, never do that. And, no, and the change they're, they're all just so smooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. The change was it went from 35%, one of the highest in the world, to 21%, a little bit more competitive on the world stage. So, I mean, to think of that, first of all, and the growth we were having right after that before the pandemic, I mean, that certainly was fuel on the fire here of the economy to say, hey, let's get business going. And that, to me, was the high-level view, too, takeaway of the corporate side. I mean, there's a lot of other little needles here that are kind of neat, but that was the big one. So to that point, John, I know you've always talked about your ideal tax system if you were ever to propose a tax law change. Uh, would be to just go to a flat sales tax amount. Yes. One idea that I've heard here recently, I forget the exact source of it at this point, but um, there's been talks that they're considering a global corporate tax rate. Doesn't Mm. matter what country, what nation, anything like that, that it would just be the same flat corporate tax rate regardless of where you are. How do you think that would impact things, or what what changes do you think that would provoke? Well, you know, when this country was founded... What made it unique and superior and stronger and more successful was the understanding that give the individual control over his own ways, Mm -hmm. his own life, his own business, and do not let some larger entity control you. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we're shifting to that now. We're shifting to a federally imposed system instead of the individual system. Most people don't realize that. We have a constitution, and the purpose of that constitution is to protect us from our government. government. Yep. <laughs> and so people keep wanting to put everything up to the for, to the federal government, and that's absolutely the wrong direction. So the same thing goes then, Craig, to the tax thing. I definitely don't want England or Switzerland or France or somebody else telling me how much we should pay in taxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look in recent history what's going on with the pandemic and other tax arguments that people are fighting about, do you want them controlling what your taxes should be? Not in particular. You you want to be as close to the action as you can be in your Mm -hmm. own life. And that's not letting other people be the deciders. I agree. Okay, good. I'm glad about that. I can go back to sleep now. (laughs) I I like it, but why in the heck were so many American companies in the Isle of Man then or in these Bahamian places or in the Caribbean? I mean, if the idea is keep it local, Mm -hmm. there were these different competing ventures, I guess. No, I didn't say keep it local. Okay. I said keep it individual. Keep it individual. Right. The individual is the one who controls your individual company, your individual country or whatever you can so that it's not someone else. Or some large group like, oh, I don't know, the United Nations making decisions about what you should be doing and not doing. Right. Well, I guess the idea, though, is if an American company isn't based in America, there's probably something wrong with the system, right? If, if an American company is yeah, what? Yeah, Say isn't again? based in America. Yeah. You know, you're sitting there making your washing machines or whatever product it is, and all of a sudden your accountants come to you and say, hey, let's do this. Is that an effective use of your accountants? Well, as long as they use the Uyghurs, they're all okay with it. Okay, okay. (laughs) 
I'm just building you're, on you're, your, yeah, your you're Chinese building, you're building my reputation here. <laughs> All right, thanks, John. Thanks, John. Now, I, I guess the counterpoint, and this is what I was trying to get to just so we talk it out, was there is the race to the bottom sometimes when these different locales say, hey, come here, mm-hmm. come to this place. And these companies sometimes do that. And if you're the local state and you've built this company up and this company's paying a lot of great people there and payroll taxes and local taxes, are they able or is it a great thing to say, you know, hey, let's just rehome base over here and we're going to pay a lot less? I guess conceptually, does that make sense? Well, it does. Look at how many people moved to Ireland. Yep. That was a biggie for a long time because of their tax system. And uh, mainly the government left the companies alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need is you need the entrepreneur. The last thing he needs is some bureaucrat telling him what's best because then he gets all screwed up. So if we can go to the Isle of Man, we should go? Well, sure. Okay. I'm just making sure. I'm getting your blessings Just don't interrupt my natives who are doing work over there. Oh, oh gosh. (laughs) We're going to cut that. So there we go. So could be something to consider, but certainly, again, like you talked about, John, let's keep things individual or try to. And, you know, again, that way the best systems can prevail at that point. Right. Um, So, again, kind of tying it back into the, the original approach here of, Okay, well, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, kind of what were some of the things that happened um, or that were included? Basically, there, there were levels from corporations all the way down to small business owners, even just mom and pop shops or a, a small business that you may have on your own. So something like a Schedule C sole proprietorship or a partnership, something like that. There were a lot of great benefits that changed, like the possibility of having up to 20% of your income be a tax deduction. That's a great change. There came about more robust tax credits, incentives to set up retirement savings plans, regardless of, okay, what the investment options may be in there, anything else. Um, There are are a lot of changes that definitely incentivized people to invest in their business and grow it, whether that's buying new materials for production, whether that's adding more employees, you name it. And the pandemic certainly offered its form of assistance for that too, with some of those employee tax retention credits and those kind of things. So long and short, from a tax side of things, there hasn't been this much flexibility in some time when it comes to owning a business and how you can go about acquiring assets and growing. Um, John, is under the old law, under the old law? No, under the new law. Under the new law. with the Under the new law that they're proposing? No. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Thank you. Yep. Um, so yeah, so there, there's those kind of things. And that's where a lot of people now too are talking with accountants and um, talking with their other business partners if they have them and, and whatnot and talking about, well, how do we see ourselves growing within the next five years? And a lot of these tax adjustments are geared towards let's reinvest in the business to set ourselves up for future growth. So that's what this focus was, was, okay, how can we get businesses to continue to grow naturally, organically? and maybe not rely on some of the loans and things like that. Um, Again, a little long-winded there, but we are coming up on a bit of a break here. Uh, So we'll come back from the break and dive into this a little bit further. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host, Craig Konstantinovich, and with me in studio... We have Tony Payne and John Sestina. Uh, we understand that sometimes there are some personal topics, some things that we don't want to necessarily talk over the airwaves about. Uh, for those instances, we do offer the opportunity to reach out to us directly. 
You can either visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com. Uh, you can click on Take Action, fill out a questionnaire to sit down, talk about your personal questions with the certified financial planner of our office. That could be virtual or in person at our Bethel Road office. Uh, or if you want to call in, 614-326-3077. Again, complimentary consultation meeting. Take a look at your finances. Make sure you're getting the year started off right. Um, as part of that, one of the big questions we get a lot of times is around businesses, specifically with some tax planning things. Um, Tony may not necessarily be tax planning 100%, but I know there are some states that are maybe a little bit more favorable to business owners than others. Which ones are kind of leading the pack right now? Wyoming. Wyoming. Wyoming and South Dakota and Alaska. These now, are all great places for business right now. And we were just saying that if you could pick up and relocate and be remote somewhere, it's maybe something you consider, especially if you're someone who's going to have a one-time sale of your business to fund your entire retirement. Now, there's a lot of other considerations here, aside from the tax rate, but Florida's number four, too. John, I know we've talked a little bit about there's more the, more to things than just the tax rate. You bet. If Montana is number five, which it is, out of those five, Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska, Florida, or Montana, where are you headed? I think Wyoming. Oh, really? no, wait a minute. <laughs> What's your name is a uh, senator there. I can't, I won't go there. Okay, so, okay. We're... Go back to uh, one of the wider, North Dakotas, uh, no, South Dakota. Yep. South Dakota. South Dakota. Yep. That's yep. a good one. Okay. They have horses, too. There you go. Sure so do. I can put on my cowboy hat and my <laughs> cowboy boots and ride out and scare the world. Yeah, relive, <laughs> you know, almost reincarnate Yellowstone at that yeah, point. Yeah, I could do uh, Billy Jack. There you go. You don't even know who that is. No do you? idea. <laughs> Uh, now, do you want to know the worst five, John? <laughs> What's you the worst want, you want the hit list here? Sure. New Jersey. Of course. New York. Of course. California. You bet. Connecticut. Yep. Maryland. Yep. No. Nope. Not setting up shopping in any of those spots? <laughs> I'm not going to, the, not even to visit. Oh, oh my. Okay. <laughs> wow. All I right. was supposed to go to D.C. this weekend. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they ranked further up the list. But, yeah, yeah still they, not uh, as favorable. Yeah, they were yeah. in the midst of things here, but. Yeah, they're always in the midst of something. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's and true. Part of why I wanted to bring this up, though, is when you think about business taxes, I mean, I think we know some of the states that have zero state income tax, mm -hmm. but on the business side, there's a few things that make that up that we don't always think of. You know, what are the unemployment tax rates? What are the local payroll rates? You know, what are the rules even at the state level on net operating losses? So there's a lot of things that as you get in the weeds here, states treat differently. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's also fruitful because, again, you, you know, life is a, an action-oriented event, which means you need to be uh, involved in everything of your life and your family's life. And financial planning is just that. The difference between financial planning and all these people just saying put his put these numbers in your computer and figure out how much to save for retirement is that it's a process. Financial planning is a process. And there's so many pieces to that process that can affect what you're doing or trying to do or never thought you should do. Uh, and that keeps people on their toes. So when you talk about all these other things, Tony, you're right on. Well, and there's one other one, too, I wanted to point. It's just one of the many examples. Like you said, we got to get into the details sometimes. New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were one of the better states here for overall taxes. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the individual tax rate, they just went from 4.9% to 5.9%. 
Now, 1% might not sound like a lot, but that's a 20% increase. Right. Mm-hmm. And that started at $210,000. I mean, I get it. There's not a lot of New Mexicans in the high, uh, basically uh, the higher income brackets there, but they want more. They're right. trying to draw more in jobs from other places, especially from California. So you look at this and you look at the business tax rankings, they dropped about 10 spots because of that. Wow. So if we're paying attention, there are good and bad things that are happening. I mean, there were good things that happened in Alabama. They changed a lot of dated rules on what deductions you could have at the corporate level, where if you were a corporate accountant, like we were talking about in that earlier segment, you probably ruled Alabama out because there were a lot of losses you couldn't take. Now they made it a little bit more competitive. Yep. We like to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, again, I was going to ask there, Tony, and you did a great job outlining it there. It's not just necessarily what the tax rates are, but it's the other factors that can build into that. And that's, again, to your point, John, a complete process. You can't just focus and silo all of your planning around one piece of your plan. If you just focus on the business and the business alone, because that's where you think you've got the best tax efficiencies, you may miss out and not realize, like you mentioned, Tony, for New Mexico or any state, well, shoot, if I earn the income on the business, I may not pay taxes on it. But if it flows through to me personally, now I have to pay taxes on it. Is that going to be more beneficial? There's a lot that goes into it. Definitely. And I am going to pick one more, though, real quick. Of all states to raise taxes in 2021, the middle of a pandemic, quote unquote, trying to spur businesses who are suffering, New York raised not only their state income tax rate, they also changed the deductions on capital gains. They they were already ranked 49th. They don't have much lower to go. So if you're wondering of the states that, why are people moving to Florida? Why is Florida becoming so popular, especially from the Northeast? They're ranked 49th in business taxes. That's terrible. It's amazing, isn't it? New York has always been held out as that epitome you know of the states and of culture and everything going on they're they're the smartest and the sharpest and the most educated so they would tell you but you look at the things they do their tax system their government and all that you're pointing out tony and you say i would never go to new york (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe a place to visit here or there but maybe not (laughs) maybe not maybe not you done it once, you've done it a dozen times yeah, at that point, right? they don't even let you carry, so you can't very well be protected there. <laughs> so, again, looking at these things, looking at the businesses, you know, again, taxes certainly do play a big piece to it, uh, which is obviously why we're talking about it. And, again, on our website, anywhere where you're listening to podcasts, we've got copious shows that are about different business starting or business strategies, things to consider. So certainly peruse through there, find a show that, that ties into what you're looking for, Um, But the big thing that we're focusing on today is, hey, we may have some adjustments that are here forthcoming. How do we make sure that some of these tax law changes benefit us? Um, So one of the big things, and this is not necessarily specific to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, is there's a lot of businesses that you can deduct from a business side that you can't deduct on the personal side. Um, Some of the changes made that a little bit more uh, apparent with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But as we're looking at it here, when you start a business, Tony, you got to have some expenses coming in. What should we be keeping track of, or how do we kind of get that started on the right foot? Great question first, Craig. I mean, I'm pausing here because there's so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's liability. There's the tax side of it. There's how much you invest for when you eventually sell it if you're a success. So out of all these different areas, really the, the starting point, like ours, when we do work with people, is the data. 
Mm-hmm. You've got to have the b- different pieces of the data to start with. And I know we're coming up against a break here, so we'll keep elaborating on what data we mean here, but it starts with having the information and organizing it. Yep, absolutely. So you take that, you build on it a little bit further, and you start thinking about, okay, how am I going to operate this business? What's the cash flow? How am I going to conduct the accounting for this business? What's the standard? This is where, again, your team, your financial planning team starts to come together, and you need that tax accountant. You need the business attorney. You need the financial planner to help you out. So there's a lot more that goes into this here, and as you mentioned, Tony, we're going to hit this a little bit harder once we get back from the break here, Uh, but we are coming up to that stopping point. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Good evening and welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. This is your host, Craig Konstantinovich, and with me in studio, we've got Tony Payne, and Mr. John Sestina himself. We've been talking about tax law changes, uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act specifically, did a brief refresh on what that meant to the individuals, talked about some of the other events that have been happening here recently with um, interest rates and those kind of things, and then uh, been tying it into, okay, well, business planning is, is a great tax planning opportunity for the year. What other items could we take advantage of? And last segment we kind of left off with, there's so much it's an overwhelming amount when you're starting a business to think about, to start planning for and preparing. So how do we do it? How do we make sure that we're getting all of our tax benefits accounted for and what tax things do we need to start? So John, I know you're always a big proponent of this, but where where do we start? Is it with the CPA to talk about tax planning ideas for a business? Is it with an attorney to develop a business plan and a an agreement possibly as a buy-sell agreement? Where do you think we start? Well, if you're going to be buying something from someone else, then you need an attorney mm-hmm. because they know stuff you don't know. And believe me, I, I think of this one incident of a couple who have been, uh, well, this has to do with the house, but it's the same difference. Mm-hmm. And what they do is every time they make a move, they found out there was another plug in their deal and they can't do it. So they're stuck with a house mm. that they thought they sold. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so same thing is true of the business. Yep. So when you go in there, except it can be a lot more painful, uh, and you're going to need that kind of advice. You're going to need an accountant's advice, and as you have a real business, you're going to want a CPA mm-hmm. because they have experience that's worthy of of the extra letters. <clears throat> so that's that's where you begin with those kind of folks. And, of course, we believe a financial planner Yep. because the financial planner takes an overview of the whole thing and looks at other things besides taxes. I was thinking as you were going on about there's so many, we're talking about taxes and the the technicalities, but I'm thinking of so many other benefits to a business. For example, uh, in one of our businesses, we've had bunches of them over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, Our daughter was working for us when she was six years old. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, Now don't worry about the child and all that. I figured you were a little smarter than that, but I also know that you're, you know, from a a coal mining town too, so I I didn't want to blur the lines. Right. And she kept a time card with her own time and all that other good stuff. And so what what happened was, in my opinion, she was learning stuff Mm -hmm. about work, about business, about family. So the whole family's involved. So that's a big deal. Yep. So you're pulling together on that basis. You're pulling together teaching the child. 
some uh, important business concepts and involving the child. Uh, for example, some people use their children to uh, be models. Mm-hmm. You know, they put them on their web pages and their uh, cards and so on and so forth. So there's so many things to think about beyond just the tax piece. Right. And a lot of the things that, again, inadvertently that you're talking about end up having tax benefits or tax consequences that oh, yeah, I could help about out. That, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, absolutely. And that's where, again, a lot of businesses start off just with one person or, you know, maybe it's a family affair kind of a thing, but then it grows into something else. So Tony, I know you've been chomping at the bit to add some stuff here, too. What else are you thinking? He wants to talk about China. (laughs) Back to my good Chinese overlords. Um, Dear friends. No, I'm sorry. Um, What what I see here, though, when we think about business, uh, American business, we think about you got to keep good records. Mm-hmm. You've got to be organized. So that was where I left off was, what documents do you want? What well, really depends. I mean, John, you went through it. You might buy a business from someone. You might inherit a business. You might start your own business with yourself, your spouse. Who knows? Another partner. These are all different options. And depending upon what where the business is at is going to dictate what records are you going to have. You know, if you're not having employees already, well, you're probably not going to have payroll tax records. Right. But depending upon what's going on, you want to go through as a little checklist almost to make sure you have all of your documents. You know, if there's an articles of incorporation, if there is that partnership agreement, when you go through and have all of that, that's going to help you on the tax side later on, whether it's time to take a loss take a gain, take money out of the business, mm-hmm. give it away to someone else. These are all things where the better records you keep, the easier it's going to be and the better planning you can do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, John, I'm sure you've probably witnessed this as well in your many years of experience, but probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do is sit a business owner down that's been operating however they have been for the last couple of years. They're successful. They think everything's great. But when you ask them, what do you need to run the business and what do you need to run your household? Yeah. They've got no idea. And so that's where, to your point, Tony, if we can keep those diligent mm-hmm. records, if we can start off doing that from the very beginning, you're going to create an opportunity for you to very clearly delineate, hey, this was business related and this was personal related. To keep those two separate and to have a plan essentially built for each one, that allows them both to commingle and work successfully. Right, John? Yep. And people today are starting, what do they say? Everyone has to have another gig. A side gig or a side hustle. And uh, that's a good thing. I've always said you should always have a second business. Mm -hmm. If you're making less than $50,000 a year, you need the money. Yep. If you're making more than $50,000 a year, you need the tax deductions. So you always need to have another business. And uh, people don't always realize that. But most people today are starting up, they're all going to be, you know, internet geniuses. Right. And they're going to do webcasts or they're going to do, you know, all all sorts of things. And so that's a little different. And you need to have an attorney, for example, who knows about that kind of law. Right. And an insurance agent, too, to help out, make sure you're not liable for something or that it's not going to boomerang back to you. Yep. And and you're going to have other needs Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have if you're starting a bakery. Right. Or some other normal business. So be aware of that and enjoy. Don't get... Don't get so weighted down that you say, oh, I got to have all this. And that's true. You do. And you will be glad that you have it sooner or later. But don't get weighted down by all the mechanics. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and get good advisors who will keep knocking you in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the best thing that we can do, too, is 
if you get a good, efficient team up and running, sometimes the advisors can just include you on some of the information, but ultimately boil it down to, here's the decision. We've got to do A or B. Mm-hmm. Here are the consequences of A. Here are the consequences of B. Which option do you want? Right. Simplifies yourself. The majority of businesses are small businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if we're going to keep things going and we're going to create new jobs and be productive and compete on the world stage with other big economies, we're going to need small businesses to stay healthy. And the idea here, too, is if you're an entrepreneur, you keep good records because it's in your spirit, it's in your blood. You may have five businesses that fail. I mean, you think about all the notable failures that are out there. There's tons of them. Most mm-hmm. businesses fail in their first five years. That's what happens. But there's also great successes with that other percents that succeed. And what you're doing as an entrepreneur is if you're keeping good records, you're able to at least offset some of those losses over the years when you do have your gains, when you do have your winners. So when you're somebody who's just living in the moment there, doing the right thing for your business and your family, it's worth the time to go back, do a little bit of that accounting, keep good records, because when you have a success, it's all going to be worth it. Absolutely. And like we've talked about too, if we aren't keeping good records, we may end up biting ourselves even more in the long run because there may be a bigger tax hit when we go to sell the business or start that succession plan. So there's death and taxes, the only two things that are certain, right? Always something. But if we're talking about this, if we're planning, if we're continuing to review what our needs are, there may be ways for us to squeeze the lemon just a little bit more to get some of that juice out. Um, So that's what this is all about. And again, this is something that very broad uh, start to it. We'll probably build off this at another point, but we appreciate you listening here tonight. Again, you've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.